You're listening to the Imperfect Pursuit Podcast, episode number 25. Today, you'll be listening to an awesome conversation that I got to have with Ashley Gartland. Ashley is a small business mentor and coach who helps service-based business owners and online entrepreneurs simplify and streamline their business so they can scale sustainably and build a business that makes the life they desire possible. She's the host of the Better Than Big podcast, where she shares stories, strategies, and solutions to help small business owners run their business with more ease and intention. Ashley runs her six-figure business in 25 to 30 hours a week, leaving her plenty of time to enjoy the good stuff in life like trail runs, good books and adventures with her family. It's such a refreshing conversation and if you're like me and you're wanting to build a business that supports your life so that you can make more money while working less, you are going to love this interview. Ashley shares some common misconceptions or traps that she sees a lot of business owners face when it comes to building a successful business. She drops the secret around why productivity hacks and time management tools aren't always the solution to helping us create more time and space in our lives. And Ashley just shares so much encouragement and advice if you are feeling overworked and overwhelmed. And even if you're in the earlier stages of business, maybe you can't relate to feeling overwhelmed with work now because you're just so focused on building and building and building. I ask Ashley what steps that you can take right now to ensure that you don't create this monster of a business that you then have to scale back in the future. So whether you are newer in business, maybe can't relate to feeling super overwhelmed, Or perhaps you have been in business for a while and you can definitely relate to feeling overworked and overwhelmed. I know you're going to find a lot of encouragement in this conversation. So let's dive into this interview I had with Ashley Gartland. Hey, welcome to the Imperfect Pursuit Podcast. My name is Sarah Luthi and I love all things marketing, money, mindset, and helping creative entrepreneurs pursue their purpose. Nothing in life or business is perfect, but I believe in the power of taking imperfect action and showing up with grace, authenticity, and intentionality. So if you're ready to imperfectly pursue your biggest goals and build a life and business you love, there is a place for you here. Hello, Ashley. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for the conversation. Me too. Really looking forward to picking your brains and hearing about your journey. Um, It'll be a really good conversation. Alrighty. So to kick us off, do you just want to share with our listeners a little bit about your journey, your story? Tell us how you got started with your business and ultimately what you're doing now. Yeah. So I've been in business for a a long time. I don't date myself (laughs) too much, but, um, and I'll keep kind of the beginning stories uh, shorter. So it's not too long, but I, I really got started as my as a business owner straight out of university. I had graduated with a journalism degree mm-hmm. and wasn't quite finding jobs that met the criteria of like where I wanted to live and how I wanted to work. And so I decided to become a freelance writer. And that business evolved over time. I wore a lot of different hats and did lots of different things from PR to event planning to writing books. Mm-hmm. And then about eight years into that, I started to feel like I had done a lot of the things that I wanted to do in that field. And I started to look to where I could pivot. And I had this long list of ideas and explored lots of things and eventually landed on business coaching because I was looking for a new challenge. And I also wanted something that allowed me to work closer with people and, and, you know, to the cliche, make an impact. Mm -hmm. And what's really interesting now is that I can kind of see that the North Star for both businesses was the same. You know, when I launched my own business, I was looking to create something that deeply served my life and allowed me to prioritize what was most important. And 
I launched my coaching practice from that same place. And now like full circle, I get to help people do the same thing. I get to help people build that simple, sustainable, life-giving business that allows them to make time for what's most important to them. Mm -hmm. So again, full circle, been super fun. And I've been doing the coaching now for the last about six, maybe seven years. And it's been wonderful. Yeah. Amazing. I know business coaches can specialize in a whole multitude of different things. Do you just want to share in, I guess, I guess your elevator pitch, like what do you really help business owners to do? Yeah. So I help them simplify and streamline their business so that they can focus on what's most important. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what's most important is that next level thing that they want to do. And sometimes what's most important is finding a way to work less so that they can spend more time with their family or Mm -hmm. enjoy, you know, hobbies and health and activities and stuff that they love more. And so really our work looks a lot like refining their services, getting great systems in place, doing, you know, a simplified marketing plan, like figuring out how to run a leaner business. And through that, they're actually able to create better results. So it's a really fun process. And I love helping business owners see that they can do less better Mm. and create what they really want. Yeah. Oh, that all, that all sounds so good. Looking forward to diving into those more deeply in the rest of the conversation. I mean, you would see a lot of misconceptions and traps that people seem to fall into. And I think a common thing that people find, and obviously this is kind of where you step in, is people build these businesses that they build these businesses over a period of time and they find along the way, what have I done? Like I've built this monster and then they kind of face this problem of how can I scale things back or how can I make shifts so that I can have my life back, right? And obviously that's kind of where you step in. I'd love to know what are some common misconceptions or traps that you see business owners face or traps they fall into when it comes to building that kind of business? Yeah. uh, There's so many that I could touch on, but I want to highlight what you just said there first about like the monster business. I think it's so true that the longer you've been in business or, you know, the harder you've hustled and the faster you've built, a lot of times you're taking cues from your industry or the online space and you're just, you're creating a lot of volume of stuff. And then you build something that doesn't actually feel aligned for you. And I think at that point, what happens is sometimes people think, um, I'm not cut out for business and it's not working. And then they, you know, decide to close their business entirely. And what I'm more interested in is the middle ground where how can we, you know, streamline the business? How can we refine the business, redesign the business to get it working better for you? And so I just wanted to say that up front because mm-hmm. I think it's important for people to know there's a middle option between stay with what you've built that doesn't feel good and close it entirely. Like there are things you can do to make it work better. And the way that you do that is definitely by digging into those misconceptions you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, like one of the biggest misconceptions is that as business owners, we equate more with better. And that's what ends up landing us in overwhelm. It's what gets us building businesses that you know don't work so well for us or don't feel aligned for us. And it's also what delays or limits the results we could get. So um, let me give you an example because I think that's probably helpful here. Yeah. Like one area I see people confusing more with better is with their services. You know, if you're a service provider and you've seen your peers and competitors in your industry offering lots and lots of things, the assumption is you need to do the same in order to create a great business. And what happens is that then you have like, say, seven different offers and it's really hard to sustain that work. You're constantly switching gears. It's hard to create systems for that many different offers. You have a really complicated back end. The marketing for that many different offers is really overwhelming. And that's where people start falling out of love with their business or feeling really overwhelmed. And so that's where I like to step in. And instead of saying, okay, like, let's just wipe the slate clean. Let's look at what you've created and 
figure out what do you want to keep and refine and what do you want to let go of so that you can focus on doing less better and, you know, building a more sustainable business. Mm, I love that. So good. Yeah. So I love that. I wrote that down. People equate more with better. And it's something that I've faced myself as well. And I mean, my background's in the wedding industry and it's very easy to fall into that trap of feeling like I just need to offer more or I need to take on more. And I think that's, that's definitely something a lot of a lot of business owners face. And as you said, learning how to refine their services, not feeling like you have to offer everything to all people. So I love that. Yeah. And honestly, the people who I can, you know, that come to mind who are the most successful in business do not have a ton of different offers. Actually, mm. The most successful in business and who are also are enjoying a lot of spaciousness and freedom and flexibility, they're focusing on doing like one or two things really, really well and rinsing and repeating on those. And they're running such a sustainable business. Mm. And so for people that want that and maybe don't love the busyness of having tons of things on their plate, that's such a good way to go. Yeah. I love that. Are there any other misconceptions you find people kind of run into? I think, I mean, so many, I think another really big one is that we have pretty unrealistic timelines and expectations. And again, I think that's a lot of the inputs that we're getting, you know, we're seeing these overnight success stories or these unicorn situations and, or these people who are doing so many things at once without realizing they have a whole team helping them do it. And so like we expect a lot from ourselves. We expect us to be able to do things really fast and, you know, we'll decide that we want to do something new in our business and decide we need to have it done in two weeks when realistically it's probably more like a 90 day goal. And so what I really encourage my clients to do is create a little bit of breathing space Mm. so that they can still like achieve the thing that they want and still move forward with the thing they want to do, but it it doesn't feel like hustle. It doesn't land them in burnout and it actually gets done well. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it all comes down to that comparison trap. Hey, like it's so easy to look at some of the the big gurus on social media and create this idea of success based on what they have and the things that they've achieved. And as you say, more often than not, those situations are unicorn situations and there's so many different factors involved and it's just unrealistic to hold ourselves to the same standards. So no, it's a really good reminder. That's for sure. Yeah. And those things can create the urgency, right? Mm. And, or maybe the false sense of urgency, like seeing what everyone else is doing or just, you know, just feeling that urgency from the noise. And I think it's really important to ask yourself if it's really urgent, whatever the next thing is, or whatever that goal you're working on is, or if you can expand that timeline, because there's very few things that are like 911 situations in our business. Most of the time we can expand the timeline a little bit and give ourselves that breathing room. Mm. I love what you, what you said earlier about hustle and feeling like you don't have to work from a place of hustle. And it's a, I don't know, it was a bit of a magic word, you know, a couple of years ago and feel that the pendulum has kind of swung a little bit and now people are kind of pushing against that now, which is really interesting. So I would love to know your thoughts about what does it look like? What does it feel like to work from this place of rest and not, not that hustle mentality? Like, what would you say? How would you describe that to someone who's listening and feels like maybe they are really hustling to get where they want to be? And what would it feel like for that person to work from a place of rest? Honestly, it feels like ease. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's the best word that comes to mind is that when you're working from that place of hustle, you feel like you are rushing constantly Mm. and there's always more things to take on and and you feel like you need to do them all right now and there's not time to do them later when you're working from kind of that unhurried place 
you create this sense of ease that allows you to make progress and create momentum in your business. It's certainly not just standing still, Mm -hmm. but the energy behind it is so much different, so much more discerning that it just becomes a, a much different place to operate from. And I can tell you, like I've operated from both places in my business and I do think there's a place for the hustle usually right when you're starting out. But if you hold on to that as you continue to grow, then you don't get to enjoy the perks of all that that work that you did up front. Yeah. No, I love that. It should feel like ease. And I love, I just love how you describe, you know, it shouldn't feel hurried. I really like that as well. Definitely something I think our listeners should be keeping in mind because it's very easy to fall into that trap of feeling like you need to go, go, go and hustle in order to, to make progress, but you can absolutely make progress without it feeling rushed. So that's really, really good. Now, I would love to know, um, this is a question that you suggested, but I would love to know just your thoughts around productivity hacks and time management tools and why they don't always help us to create more time and space. Because I think often when people think creating a simplified business, often our mind straight away goes to how can I save more time? What tools can I use in order to you know, to cut out some of my work hours or work time? would love to know sometimes why that isn't the case and if there's a better approach. Yeah, this is something I've been exploring a lot, I would yeah. say, over the last couple of years. And here's the thing. like, I'm a really big fan of productivity. Um, yeah. I, I love planners. I love checking items off to-do lists. And I love systems and software that help support you in being more efficient mm-hmm. in your business. And also what I've realized lately is that those things work to a point. But if you really want to get to that like unhurried place and you really want the ease and you want to create more time and space for your life, they're not often the right solution because those things are about packing more stuff into your schedule. And what you really need to look at is how can you do less so you can free up space for the things that are really important to you. Mm. And that work is really, uh, it's a lot deeper. It's a lot of the mindset work. It's a lot about changing the way you think about work and how you operate in your business. So like that example we were talking about before about believing that more equals better. If you don't shift that belief first, it's really, really hard to simplify your services. It's really hard Mm -hmm. to say no to things. It's really hard to take some features out of your offers that aren't really necessary. It's really hard to do less marketing. So it's really like while the productivity hacks and the time management tools and the systems and the strategies are all great, they have to be supported by this fundamental belief that is aligned with the, you know, doing less better and creating more time and space. Yeah, it really is just a complete mindset shift, isn't it? It's not always a, a quick fix, but it's a journey and I guess a transformation people need to experience when they think about what work means for them and how there is a better way. So I love, I really love that this is what you specialize in because often business coaches really help, um, you know, with the marketing and how to get more clients. And that's kind of my, I guess, my passion in helping a newer business owners get to that space. But then as we've talked about, often it gets to a point where people realize, oh, like something in this isn't quite working. I'm feeling really overworked at the moment. How can I maybe make some shifts now so that this is a little bit more scalable and a little bit more easy, I guess. (laughs) So that's really good. And you could do the inner work first Mm. and that sets you up for success when you implement all the strategies. Or if you're, you know, doing those strategies, if you've figured out better services, if you've figured out better marketing plan for you and you've like, and you're still feeling overwhelmed, 
that's when I like to start looking at that kind of stuff that's going on behind the scenes. Like I had one client who we had done like everything possible. She'd hired help. We'd had systems, like we'd refine her services. And she was just like, I still feel so busy and overwhelmed. And that's when we started looking at like, okay, where do you need to say no more often? Where do you need to ditch the perfectionism? Mm -hmm. Where do you need to um, stop equating the doing more with better? Like, And that's the stuff that she started digging into and doing that started to help her see she did have time and space. She was just filling it with a lot of stuff because of the the beliefs that she had. Mm. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast recently and uh, this lady is a mindset coach and she was saying that it's a lie we often tell ourselves that we don't have enough time. And honestly, that's just not the case. And I think often we just need to get to that place where we realize, you know what, we do have enough time. Everyone has the same amount of time in a day. So how can I use this time effectively? Because the more we tell ourselves we don't have enough time, the more we're going to believe it. And that's not going to actually spur us on to actually take action and make progress. So no, I love that. And I mean, business is a whole series of mindset shifts and we've already talked about so many, but definitely something I think uh, all of us need to be more aware of. Yeah. So if you were having coffee with someone right now who is feeling really overworked and overwhelmed, maybe they've built a business that they feel has gotten a little bit out of control, what piece of encouragement or advice or tips would you give to them if you were just sitting down with them right now? Yeah. I think there's so many like levers you can pull and like things you can look into, mm-hmm. but I think the biggest thing is to ask them what they could just stop doing. And that can be really hard when you're kind of operating on autopilot in your business or you're in the weeds in your business. So I would want to have a conversation with them to explore some stuff. Mm-hmm. Like again, we might look at their services and ask what's draining you and what's not profitable and sustainable and could it go? Or we might look at their marketing and ask, okay, you're doing seven marketing strategies. Are all like look at the results? Are all of these effective? Or could you stop doing one of these things? Or could you stop doing three of them and double down on what is working for you? Um, we might also look at their own ideas and ask like, how many of these things are you saying yes to right now and creating urgency around? Where you could actually put some of these things on the back burner so you could pace things out a little bit more. So I think like that's a really good question mm-hmm. to ask yourself if you're feeling overworked and overwhelmed. Is like, what's one thing I could just stop doing and I can say that almost always every business owner has something they can stop doing mm. that will not negatively impact their business at all. It's just a should or it's, you know, holdover from the way they used to work and it's not necessary anymore and letting go of it can create space. Mm. What would you say is the most common, I guess, the most common issues slash common fix <laughs> that you find is is really common within business owners? Like, do you find people have too many services? Do you find people are saying yes to the wrong clients or a bit of both? Like, what is the most common issue you find people are facing where you kind of can step in and help them navigate that and maybe scale things back? Yeah, I think the mindset stuff is really, really big. Mm. Um, So I definitely want to look at that with people. But the services piece, Mm. you know, a a while back, I started to notice that with all my long-term coaching engagements, we always were starting with a conversation on services because that's where things were getting really messy. And what I've discovered is the reason that's happening and the reason it's so important to dig in there is because your services have this trickle-down effect. They impact pretty much everything else in your business, your marketing, your systems, your capacity, your revenue, like everything. And so if a client is coming to me and they're overwhelmed and we're looking at their services and they feel like they're not well-defined or they're not aligned or they're overwhelming or they don't love them, like any of those reasons, we're asking the questions like, how can we redefine or completely wipe the slate clean sometimes and redesign Mm. them and create a 
services that work better for them because then that's going to actually have that snowball effect and create a business that works better for them. So that is always my kind of number one place to look. And actually I've started doing intensives around that too, just so we can just, you know, take that one Mm -hmm. piece for people and really tackle it and get them to a better place. Do you ever work with people who know that something needs to change or they know they have too many services, but they're really struggling to let go of one? Like they feel scared to release one or they don't, they can't choose which one isn't working because I feel that a lot of people, they hear that and they think, yeah, that's all well and good, but I love doing all these things or these things are all profitable. How do I choose which one to let go of? Is that ever something that you need to work through with your clients? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and myself too, to be yeah. quite honest. So for me, it's really about helping them see like the opportunity cost and the possibilities of letting something go. Yeah. So I'll just use an example from my own business last year. I, I, for a long time had two signature services, um, my long-term coaching partnership and then coaching intensives. And last year I decided, you know, in the middle of the pandemic to play around with this idea of doing coaching on demand using a software called Boxer. Mm-hmm. And I had been doing it with clients a little bit kind of in a beta round and I decided to launch it to the public and it did really, really well. It filled like within three months, I was making a good chunk of income from it. And also it overcomplicated my business. It wasn't sustainable. It was taking too much time away from my life. There was a lot of boundary issues with it. Like there was just like a lot that wasn't working. When I looked at just the numbers, I was like, I I don't know how to let this go because it's become successful and profitable. But when I looked at the opportunity cost and said, look what it's costing me in my life and you know what it's costing me in terms of how I can't show up for my other clients the way I want to, that's what started to kind of help me see that I could let it go. Mm -hmm. And then the second layer for me was asking, well, if I don't have this, how do I want to create that revenue in a different way? And I realized that I had two existing services that worked really well. And if I did one or two more intensives a month, that I would make up the income, yeah. like no problem. And so that helped a lot. That I was like, well, then I'm just marketing two things again and um, I'm working less and I'm living more. And so like, again, looking at the the trade-offs and the opportunity costs and the possibilities helped me make that move and close the service a few months after you know, experimenting with it. Mm, yeah, that's it. Because it's not always the the financial figures that I guess are the metric that we need to pay attention to. Because as you say, like if, if your business is consuming that much of you and means that you can't show up for your other clients from, you know, at the healthiest place, or maybe it's taking time away from your family or you're just feeling stressed and overwhelmed like that in itself is something is a metric that you can pay attention to so it's not always the financial figures as much as it stings to release something that seems to be on the books successful as you say it's looking at the other opportunity costs involved and whether that is something that actually is sustainable long term yeah and even honestly even if a service feels good and is successful you know revenue wise or you know you're booking out with it and it's still like creating some chaos or complications behind the scenes in the business. Mm. That's another reason to look at, okay, if I eliminated this, what would I do? And it's really interesting when you put some constraints on yourself and look at things from that lens, like you really start to see solutions that you didn't see before. Yeah, that's a really good example because I think, I mean, any kind of coach or service provider that uses Vox and knows it can be really draining feeling like you're on demand all the time and feeling like people always have access to you and you have to respond straight away, no matter how many boundaries you, you implement. I guess having people contacting you constantly essentially can be, it's a big sacrifice. So I think with that needs to come a, a large price tag, but even then it still may, may not be worth it. So no, it's a really interesting yeah. example. 
And I probably could have refined it mm. like, and made it work and put better boundaries in place. But when I asked myself like, what's simple and easy and good here, mm. the solution wasn't refine that service. The solution was lean into the one that you love even more yeah. and do more of that. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a great reminder too. Like the solution isn't always going to be the same for everyone. <laughs> and I'm sure, you know, you must be working with clients where that service actually is right for them. It does feel good to them. And maybe that's something they need, they just need to spend more time refining. But for someone else, that just may not be something worth pouring much time into if there is another service that feels even better. Mm. Yeah. I'm so not about the cookie cutter solutions. You're right. It needs to be different for everybody. And you cannot build an online business for every person you're working with without addressing their own personal preferences yeah. and needs. And I think that's why one-on-one coaching is so powerful because you have that you know, that customized, personalized individual support because listening to a webinar, completing a course, listening to podcast episodes is all well and good. But unless you have someone actually doing the journey with you who understands your desires and your goals and how you work, following someone else's model isn't always going to be the right answer. So, I think that's also a reminder for anyone listening. Um, if you've never invested in one-on-one coaching, it's actually just so powerful having that support and guidance from someone who who really understands. Yeah. And that mirror, right? That mm. mirror, like I feel so often what I'm doing is giving my clients permission and reflecting things back to them because yeah. they're saying it, but they're not hearing it. And so they need it reflected back to them. So then they can go, oh, that's interesting. Even though it's just what, you know, something, their yeah. own idea came from their own head, but then they can see it in a different way and start to take action on some stuff. Yeah. Sometimes it's just saying something in a slightly different way can make people think completely differently. No, it's so true. All right. Well, we've talked about um, people who are feeling overworked and overwhelmed, but I'm mindful that a lot of our listeners are in kind of the earlier stages of business. So we'd love to know if someone is listening right now, they are in those earlier stages of their business and maybe they can't fully relate to feeling that sense of overwhelm because I guess they're just so focused on building and building and they're only dreaming of getting to that stage of feeling like that. I remember feeling like that in my you know, first year or two of business, I was feeling like, oh, I just wish I was booked out. I wish I felt overwhelmed with work. So what steps would you say they can take now to ensure that they don't create this monster, as we've already spoke about, this monster of a business that they then have to scale back? You know, how can they be a little bit more intentional now in the earlier stages so they don't have to press rewind later on? I love this question because I have quite a few clients who are actually in the earlier stages of business, even though I generally work with people who are a little farther along, but the difference is they know that they don't want the overwhelm from the get-go or that they only have 10 hours to work because they have little kids underfoot Mm. for some reason. And so with them, like it's really about looking at all the decisions that you need to make as a new business owner because every single one of those is an opportunity to keep things simple or overcomplicate your business. And so there are certainly things that everyone's going to do that, you know, make things more complicated, but really it's about every time you have that decision to be more discerning. And that means you're making decisions based on like what feels aligned to you and your business versus what's the industry standard. It means that you're taking a second to check in with yourself Mm -hmm. before you add something new to make sure that it serves like a real purpose in your business. And then also I would say like when you do pursue something new in your business, as you're apt to do in the early stages, it's about asking yourself how you can keep it simple and easy so that even those new things then don't get too overly complicated. Yeah. I think it's definitely something that yeah, as you say, even your business owners can be mindful of. Like it doesn't always need to be a matter of building to the stage where you then have to scale back. You can build a business even now with intention, right? So I love what you said there about 
you know, learning how to just discern every decision and understand what kind of lifestyle do you want? What kind of business do you actually want? And making decisions that are going to help you get to that place and not, not anything, I guess, beyond that, that doesn't actually feel good or right. So no, I love that. And for anyone listening, I think that's such a good reminder. Um, If you do feel like, but I don't really have that many clients, like this isn't really relatable. I think it's so important for people to understand what are their, not only their business goals, but their life goals and how can those things work together and support one another. Yeah. I think that's such a good thing to point out, especially around the conversation, like around capacity, you know, when you're new in business, it's like, give me all the clients because you're so excited for it. And, and it's a goal that that's the first goal everybody really has, but you want to define your capacity based on what you want your life to look like. So you know what you're going towards. So I often, as we're designing services with my clients, part of our conversation is, okay, what hours do you want to work? And you know, if that's 20 hours, what's your capacity? If it's 30 hours, what's your capacity? So then they have such a clear path forward about what they're calling in and how many clients they can work with at any given time. And there's just so much clarity around that, that allows them to, you know, build the business that serves their life and stop before they get into overwork and overwhelm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Okay. Well, I guess to to recap before we dive into the last couple of questions, obviously this episode is all about doing less in your business so that you can live more. And I love, I just love that statement, but do you just want to recap a couple of ways that people can, I guess, quote unquote, do less in, in their business? What does that look like? I know we've already touched on it, but do you mind just recapping some of those things for us? No, not at all. So I think, you know, we've talked a lot about services. So I think that's a highlight for people to look at their services and ask, like, are you doing too much there? Is there an opportunity to scale back a little bit and create more ease and intention and better results for you? So I think that's a really great place to look. Mm. I think another thing we've talked about is the productivity piece and how that's really you know, focused on doing more and more and more and packing more things in. And while it's great to be efficient, it's also important to look at how you can free up space by doing less. And, you know, recently I created a whole audio course around this called Do Less, Live More. And I dove into 15 different lessons that are like ways that you can find ways to do less Mm -hmm. so that you can live more, you know, just as the title says. And so there's so many things you can do again, like learning to say no, learning to let go of perfectionism, learning to be the kind of person who can accept help. So if you're feeling overworked, overwhelmed, I would also look at the the stuff that's going on in your head mm. and where you have opportunities to shift beliefs so that you can then enjoy what you're creating and build in a more aligned way. Yeah. Well, that's great. So good. Well, a question I always ask as part of the podcast, we're all about overcoming perfectionism. So I would love to know some of your personal experiences. When is a time in your business that you decided to take imperfect action and what did this look like? How, how did this pay off? So Sarah, this is such a good question and really hard for me because I am a heavy researcher and planner. And so it's really hard for me to take action without all the, like everything in place and ready to go. But I was thinking about it. I was thinking there, there have been some times where I've been able to do that in my business. And it's when I treat things as more of an experiment than like this permanent big thing. And one of those times was years ago when I was figuring out my niche as a coach, you know, I run my business. I pivoted into coaching, but I thought that I was going to do more generalized life coaching, mostly for women and moms. And at the same time, I was also consuming a lot of stuff about business and was feeling this tug towards business coaching too, Mm. because that's what I'd lived and breathed for so long. So I was like straddling these two options. 
And there came a point where I feel like I needed to just, you know, pivot or decide which direction to go. And yet I just didn't feel like it could take action. And so instead of building like this big thing out and making a choice in which direction, I decided to just ask one business owner I knew if I could offer her free coaching sessions just to see if I liked the niche, just to see if I really liked the business coaching. And honestly, that those sessions are what helped me see which direction I wanted to go. But I didn't have a marketing plan set up. I didn't change my website. I just asked one person if I could coach them so I could start to get some answers. That is so good. No one has ever answered with that before, but it's such an easy, tangible, but powerful uh, tip, I guess, as you say, is to, to just experiment. And I mean, that's how I kind of started with both my wedding business and then stepping into coaching as well is offering to do things essentially for free <laughs> as my own way of finding out if it was something I enjoyed. So that's such a good answer. I love it. Mm. Okay, I have a couple of rapid fire questions before we dive into how people can find you. We'd love to know if there is a podcast or a business book that you're loving at the moment that you can recommend. Well, I'm a big reader and a big podcast junkie, so I could probably do so many, but I'll say um, for business podcasts, I really like What Works with Tara McMullen because it showcases like the real stories behind businesses. And there's a lot of people on there that I've never heard speak on a podcast before. So you just get these really great tangible insights. And I think that that's is just super valuable mm-hmm. to hear from people. And she's a great interviewer. So I checked that one out. Um, for business books, there's so many that I like. But I recently, after you know, like 100 people had recommended it to me, read Essentialism. And no surprise, it really resonated with me because it's all about doing less. And so I really recommend that one to people who are like wondering how it's possible to do less and get better results. That book like outlines all the philosophies behind it and explains why it works. So it's a great read. Yeah, I love that. So as I would love to know also, as a reader, when do you find is the best time for you to read? Are you a read before bed kind of gal or do you get up early and read? What does that look like in your daily routine? Yeah. So one of the things that I really wanted my business to create space for was reading because for so long I didn't have time for it as a writer. And so I honestly read in the morning. I read in the afternoon while my kids are out playing. I read late at night. Like it's been something, especially during the pandemic when there's not Mm -hmm. tons of other things going on. It's just been something that I've really made sure that my business creates time and space for and I'm having such a blast with it. Yeah, I love it. Okay, next question. Is there a business tool that you're loving at the moment, tool or resource? Yeah. So I am loving Squadcast for recording Mm -hmm. my podcast better than big. Like it's been, it's been a great tool for that. And then in terms of running my coaching practice and and honestly the podcast too, Google Sheets are something that Mm, my team and I use a ton. And I think people often overlook them because they're so simple, but I do so much stuff in there from managing my outreach and my client projections to managing our podcast. Like we do it all in there and um, it's a great simple tool. Yeah. I love it. I love all of Google's features actually, like the docs and the drive and storing photos. I just feel like there are so many tools that I couldn't live without in my business. So no, I love it. All right. And last but not least, I would just love to know three things that are bringing you joy at the moment. So let's see. Um, this summer, my husband and I built a office space for me in the backyard, um, with our kids home from school, I needed a little quieter space to do my work in. And so we built this, uh, what we call it the annex this summer. And it's so nice to have this beautiful Mm. light filled space to coach and write in and do the podcast from. Um, so I'm loving that. I also mentioned that course that do less live more course. I, it brought me so much joy to put that together and now to be able to gift that to my clients and 
also make it available to a wider audience has been really exciting. And then finally, I would say, you know, reading in the afternoons, like, and now I can do it outside in the sun because the weather's getting better. And that's just such a nice way to end the day. Mm, so good. And we'll link, um, we'll make sure to link the podcast and the book and your course as well in the show notes as well. But do you just, do you just want to share how people can find you, your website, Instagram? Yeah. How do you connect with your people? Yeah. So best places to find me, my website is ashleygartland.com. I'm on Instagram, Ashley Gartland. And honestly, since you're listening to a podcast, probably the best way to connect and like learn more about building a better than big business and the simple streamlined businesses and you know the people I'm having conversations with is the better than big podcast. Yeah. And you can find that on any podcast feed. Yeah. So good. It's a great podcast. So definitely be sure to check it out and we will make sure all of those links are in the show notes. I'm definitely one to listen to a podcast and then I'm like, oh, what was that thing they said again? So show notes are definitely handy to refer back to those things. Oh, so good, Ashley. Well, it was such a joy to interview you today. Thank you so much for jumping on the show and sharing your wisdom with us all. So good. Thank you. Thank you for creating the space. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss future episodes. And while you're at it, if you'd like to leave a five-star rating on iTunes, I would be so grateful. This lets me know what kind of content you're loving so that I can keep creating valuable content for you in the future. It also helps this podcast to find its way to the ears of other creatives just like you. You can check out the show notes for links to everything that was mentioned in this episode or head to my website www.sarahlethe.com for more information and some cheeky freebies. Thanks again for being here friend. I am so grateful for you and I'm cheering you on as you imperfectly pursue your purpose.